Happy Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Our prayer is today that by the time you hear what the Lord has for us, you'll be leaving here screaming, Happy Thanksgiving. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Thank you, uh, church, uh, for allowing me to uh, speak to you today. I thank Pastor Reggie, the leadership, amen, my family, uh, for the opportunity uh, to be here, amen. Before I start, I just wanted to say a story, uh, one of my many Thanksgiving stories that I have. This one is not with my family, but it's at, at my workplace. I said this on Wednesday. I remember uh, I was at work and someone... Uh, um, one of my coworkers, she's Hispanic, and she asked me, uh, Ray, um, how do you say um, Happy Thanksgiving in Spanish? And I told her, El Día de Acción de Gracia. I know, I speak Spanish, right? It's shocking, right? But um, it's not tongues, right? But, um, and um, when I told her that, she said, I thought it was Feliz Día del Pavo. In other words, Happy Turkey Day. And isn't it amazing, brothers and sisters, that the world thinks that it's about Turkey. Amen? And only us Christians could really tell the world it's about thanksgiving. Amen? It's about giving thanks. Amen? Man has taken out one day to remember to give thanks. And you see, and no matter, again, I'm Christian, as you know, that's why I'm here, right? But no matter what religion, we, no matter what person, you have to be thankful for something. Amen? Amen. So let's stand and let's read the word of God. Amen. The title of today's message is A Life of Thanksgiving. Amen. Let's open up to Philippians chapter 1 verses 3 through 11. A Life of Thanksgiving. I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Again, that's Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. The word of the Lord says, I thank you, my God, upon, excuse me, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the day until now. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Just that it's, it's right for me to think of this of you all, because I have you in my heart. Inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. Verse 9, and this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all and in all discernment, that you may approve of things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord God, as we speak, Lord God, about the life of Paul, a life of thanksgiving, Lord God, that that life will reflect in us, oh Jesus. Oh, Lord God, we know, Lord God, that these holidays, oh Father, we rub shoulders with family members that we probably don't agree with, with family members we don't want to talk to, Lord God. 
Oh, Lord God, with coworkers, oh God, with church family, Lord Jesus, that we don't agree, Lord God, but that today, Lord Jesus, we will be thankful for them, Lord Jesus. That today we'll be thankful for those, oh God, who make us better Christians, oh God. For those who test us at times, oh God, to bring out the fruit of righteousness in our lives, oh God. Oh, Lord God, help us, oh Jesus. Let us not forget, Lord God, how grateful we are for what you did for us, oh God. You left your throne in heaven, Lord God, to put on flesh, oh God, and to die for us, oh Jesus. Oh, Lord God, and not only that, but then you resurrected at the third day, Lord Jesus. And you said, Lord God, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. In other words, oh God, you cannot wait for us to all be together in heaven, Lord God. But while we're here on earth, Lord Jesus, help us to live lives that are thankful, oh God. Help us, oh God, to be thankful for our family, oh God, for our children, for our spouses, oh God, for our church, for our co-workers, oh Jesus. Help us not be short-sighted, oh God, but help us live a life that is thankful. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And your church says, amen. amen. Hallelujah. The life of Paul, a life of thanksgiving. Amen. Just to give you a little background, on the history of the Philippian church, uh, despite certain problems and growing pains, the Philippian Christian community had been especially responsive to and supportive of Paul. And he in turn reveals in this document a special affection for them as he urges them to greater unity among themselves and to a more profound reliance on Christ's saving power. With this community, he could freely share his own varied, varied feelings as he sat in chains facing a possible death sentence. So in other words, while Paul was writing to the Philippians, he was in chains. Amen. And we're going to talk about all this stuff. How can a man of God that the Lord used mightily think of others while he's in prison? Amen. Okay. So how did the Philippian church start it, in case you were wondering? In Acts chapter 16, verse 9 through 10, I believe we have that in, on the screen. It was a Macedonian vision. Uh, verse 9 of chapter 16 of Acts says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. The church of, of the Philippi, uh, the Philippian church was the first uh, uh, first church of Europe. Um, Acts chapter sixteen verses eleven through fifteen. Um, it says, "Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to um, Samothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony." And we were staying in the city for some days, and on the Sabbath, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was constantly made. And we sat down and spoke to, uh, to the woman who met there, who met there, to the women, excuse me, who met there. Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Teatara who worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. 
so she persuaded us. Isn't that amazing? The first convert in the, in the church in that, in that um, area of Philippi was a woman, a businesswoman, amen? That is amazing. Not only her, but her family also heard the word of God, amen? So as we go back to our beautiful, uh, scripture, let's go back to, again, Philippians uh, chap, uh, chapter 1, verse 3. I always like to give everyone a background on why these men of God wrote these letters uh, to the churches. So we start again. I thank you, my God, upon every remember. I thank my God, excuse me, upon every remembrance of you. Amen. Here we see that Paul makes God personal. Amen. There's something about saying, uh, talking to people about God, but when you tell people, my God, you make it personal. Amen. And look at what he says here. Again, while he's in prison, Look at what he says. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. What is thankful? Thankful means to be grateful, well-pleasing, to show yourself grateful, to be thankful, to give thanks. And he says here, remembrance. That word remembrance means reminisce. How many of us sometimes reminisce of the good old days? Amen. But when we usually remember, uh, remembrance, uh, remember about the good old days, we're usually in our living room. Uh, hopefully not driving to work. You have to focus on the road. But at work, right? But this man of God is remembering this church while he is in prison. Amen? Studies that look at the effects of gratitude aren't entirely new. For many years, researchers supported close relationship between gratitude and depression. The results revealed the many positive impacts that feeling grateful had on both depression and general mental health. When practiced over time, feeling thankful seemed to act as an overall mood booster. Researchers found that some of the positive effects of maintaining an attitude of gratitude included more life satisfaction. How many of us are satisfied with the life the Lord has given us? Feeling more optimistic. Increased self-esteem. Those are for people who are thankful. Greater likelihood of helping others. When you're thankful, you want to help other people. More likely to engage in healthy activities. Why? Because when, you have, uh, when, you're, when you're thankful, you want to take care of yourself because you want to be around for your family. You want to be around for your church family. And it says, again, more likely to engage in healthy activities. More willing to seek help for health concerns. And higher quality of sleep. For those of us who can't sleep, start being thankful. Amen? But think about it. If this is what the world says that a, a, thank, a thankful life does to the, to the mind of man, imagine to the thanksgiving that the Holy Spirit gives us when we accept them as Lord and Savior of our lives. Amen? When the Holy Spirit comes in us, he brings thanksgiving in us. Amen? So for the Christian who could be struggling with depression, it's time for you to say, Lord, I need you to move in my life. You already deposited thanksgiving in me. I need you to shake it and bake it so I could be thankful. So I could move in thanksgiving, amen? As we go through these facts regarding the benefits of thanksgiving, for the Bible-believing Christian, the Holy Spirit brings supernatural gratitude. Paul has supernatural gratitude. He was in prison. He didn't have three meals a day. And later on, we're going to get into how those prisons were, amen? They suffered in those prisons, their bread could get visitors, but yet in that prison, 
Paul did not say, woe is me. Lord, I did so much for you. Lord, oh, man, I'm the best thing since sliced bread. No. He thought of others. He thought of others. Do not let the enemy make you focus on the 10% that your life is not good and make you forget about the 90% that the Lord has blessed you. Amen. Sometimes we let Facebook, TikTok, we let Instagram remind us of how bad our life is, the 10% of it. And while we focus on the 10% of our life that is quote unquote not good, we forget about the 90% that the Lord has been faithful to us. Amen. That we could come home and there's heat. Amen. That there's food on the table. That I could get on my car and drive to work and deal with my obnoxious coworkers at times. Amen. Because I'm obnoxious too. We forget about all those things. Brothers and sisters, let's focus on the 90 things. On the 90% of the things of our lives that are good. And I'm talking for the Bible-believing Christian. Our prayer is, if you don't believe Jesus, if you don't believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ today, my prayer is that this afternoon you will accept him. So I have to talk to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because if you do not have the Lord in your heart, you don't know what it is to be thankful. Only those who have given their lives to Jesus know what it is to be thankful. And no matter what season in our lives, no matter what season, but we always have to refocus ourselves. We always focus on things that don't matter. Relationships get destroyed. Family problems. Church issues. Always focusing on the 10%. Amen. When the 90% is there, it's time for us to say, Lord, fix my eyes on you. Fix my eyes on you. And you're probably saying, oh, but uh, as Christians, we need to have 100%. Amen. I, I like the 90%. Why? Because then the Lord can help me get to the 100 And we know that when we get to the 100 it's when we're in heaven. Amen. Right now we're in the process, amen. But I guarantee you, when we go to heaven, we have new bodies, amen. When we see Jesus face to face, that's when we'll be at that 100, amen. But please do not let the devil make you feel that you're missing out on something. When you have those desires, when you see that on social media, when you see that on TV, amen, cry out to the Lord. Shut the TV off. Shut it off. And focus on the 90% of your life. That's better, amen? Especially here in America. We live better, brothers and sisters, than, than most of the world. And that includes Europe. And that includes Europe, amen? So let's focus on that. And Paul knew that. Paul knew that there was a, a, a power, amen? God-given power for a life that is thankful. Amen? Verse 4 says, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. Hallelujah. I love, again, Paul, I'm telling you, Paul, when you read his, um, his, his, his uh, epistles, his letters, even in, uh, in his writing, you can see that he includes everyone. He says, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all. Paul was so allergic to division that he made sure he wrote down you all. He did not want anyone to miss out. He wanted to make sure that everyone knew how grateful he was for them. Brothers and sisters, be careful for churches that preach us and them. Amen. Be careful with churches, amen, that say we have it, they don't. Amen. Be careful, hallelujah. Be careful with that. The only time uh, Paul went against people were the Judaizers, those who were heretics, those who wanted to destroy the church of Jesus Christ, amen. 
But if you read in these letters, amen, even to the church of Corinthians, that was one of the most sin-ridden church, he called them what? Saints, amen. He called them saints, hallelujah. So be careful. Be careful. We are all in this together. And look what he says here. Making requests for you all with joy. Amen. And what is joy? You see, when you're thankful, joy comes with it. It says it's a state of joy and gladness, uh, great happiness. I do not want to be happy. Because happiness is based on what's happening at the moment. Amen. Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I'm not happy. I'm tired. I want to stay home. I want to stay under the bed sheets. Amen. But the joy of the Lord is my strength, right? The joy of the Lord says, Ray, get out of the bed. You got to go to work. Amen. You see, the joy of the Lord. So don't be careful. That's another lie of the devil. Are you happy? Is, is your friendship, are you happy with your family? Are you happy in your marriage? No, don't think that way, man. There has to be a joy. Hallelujah. There has to be a joy because happiness comes and goes, amen. But joy always lasts. Hallelujah. Don't let, I'm telling you, I'm telling you one thing. There's no way that we could be 100, 100% happy all the time, 365 days a year, <laughs> you know, seven days a week. It's impossible. It reminds me of my daughters when we were, um, when I used to watch Elmo with my daughters, amen. And, and one of the Elmo episodes was that he wanted Christmas to be all the time. And he did get that wish. But after a while, it got stale. It got, and then Elmo says, I don't want Christmas all the time, amen. And that's the way it is. We cannot be happy, but yet we could be joyous, amen. And when we are thankful, joy comes too, amen. Verse 5 says, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, amen. Beautiful um, verse here, powerful verse that talks about the fellowship that, that uh, Paul had with the church. But what type of fellowship? Okay, the Greek word for this type of fellowship is participation fellowship. In other words, the Philippian church did not just show up to Paul's meetings, but they actually participated in the ministry. They gave. They probably handed out food to the, uh, to the poor. They got involved in Paul's ministry. Amen, brothers and sisters. And our heart here at Light of the World Church is for you just not to fellowship, but to participate with us. Amen. As we push this plow. Amen. As we uh, seek those to come to the Lord. Amen. We cannot do it without you. Amen. We need you. Amen. And when I mean that, I don't mean that in a sense of desperation. Amen. But we do not want you to miss out on the blessings that you have when you give your time for the kingdom of the Lord. Amen. It's not in vain for anyone who opens up the gate in the morning for someone who puts on the heat. I believe it's Pastor Reggie all the time, right? <laughs> but it's a blessing. It's a blessing, amen, when you stay a little extra, when you go and pick up a piece of paper on the floor, when, when something drops on the floor and you clean it up, when you open up the door for somebody, man, when you make sure the bathroom is clean after you leave, when you make sure that everything is good to go before, it's a blessing. Why? Because you are participating in the work of Jesus Christ, amen? And Paul knew that. Paul knew that, hallelujah. So please do not just be fellowshipping, but participate, participate with us, amen. And we see that again all throughout church service here on Sundays. There's no way 
that we as leaders could do anything without the help of our brothers and sisters here in the World Church. Amen. So we, as Paul say, thank you. Amen. Last, uh, last weekend, I believe we had a video here of the, uh, of the church leadership thanking the church of Jesus Christ for the help they've offered us. Amen. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 14 through 17, Paul gives an example And I'm reading from the New Living Translation, but Philippians chapter 4, verses 14 through 17, it says, Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians, we're we're the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. Isn't it amazing that even in times of difficulties, Paul wanted the church to prosper. Paul thought about the church. A thankful life thinks of others. Amen. So Paul welcomes the gifts, not so much for his personal benefit, because many times Paul Paul worked. He was a tent maker. Many times he worked. So it wasn't so much that he was getting um, uh, financial help from the church of Philippi. However, he considers a gift a profitable investment in the service of God. For God will repay them rich dividends by adding interest into their account. In other words, he knew that those who helped the ministry, those who helped to advance the kingdom of heaven, amen, they will be credited. There will be an uh, uh, interest, dividends in their lives, amen. And sometimes we say, uh, sometimes uh, many uh, believe it's through money. At times it is through money, but it could be through health. Amen. It could be through a promotion at work. It could be through a bonus at work. It could be that your car did not break down all last year. Amen. It could be that you're paying your bills on time. Amen. It not necessarily has to do with money. It could be that maybe you, maybe you could spend more time in the Lord in prayer. That's a profit, right? That's a dividend. Shouldn't we all be praying more, amen? Hallelujah. So that's a bit. Don't always focus that God has to give you money. Amen? No. He gave you a spouse that puts up with you, amen? He, <laughs> amen, amen. He, uh, you know, he gave you kids that although they're sometimes a pain, but God has given you those children so you could move them forward. Amen. So you could teach them in the, in the right way to the Lord. It's not always going to be financial. Yes, there's going to be finances. Yes, amen. But don't focus on that. Just because you're not. And I'm not against, and I'm not against this or that. Like I said, over the weekend I rented a vehicle. It was a Ford Expedition 2022. And it was amazing. But then I returned it. Amen. I got back into my CHR. Amen. But it goes to short. It was awesome. It had more bills and whistles than I could ever imagine. I said, Lord, Lord, heated seats, heated steering wheel, amen. It practically drove by itself. But you know, when I got back in my CHR, amen, I was like, ah, thank you, Lord, amen. Then I could get home, amen, hallelujah. Give, give the Lord a praise, amen. So there's nothing wrong with that, amen. There's nothing wrong with wanting good things. But let, 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 us not that, let us that not be the focus of our Christian walk, amen. Our, uh, our focus for our Christian walk is what? To serve one another. What did Paul says? At the end of all, amen, I'm paraphrasing. What is the thing that lasts? Love. Love, 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 amen. Love for, the, uh, for someone else, amen. To esteem others higher than ourselves. Verse 6, amen. 
being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The outward cooperation in the work of the gospel is, of course, the outcome and expression of the inward change made at the time of conversion. When Lydia gave herself, her life to the Lord, what was the immediate fruit of her being converted? She invited Paul to stay in her house. Amen? Immediately. She gave her life to the Lord. Boom. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have this missionary stay here. Hallelujah. So you see, so every time we give, every time we serve, it's because God is working it in us. It is God doing it in us. And our prayer is that everything you do here at Light of the World Church, amen, everything you do here for the Lord, please do it with a heart of thanksgiving, with a heart of cheerfulness. Do not do it because you feel you have to, because you don't have to. Because the day you don't want to do it, the Lord will raise 10 other people to do it, amen, because the work of the Lord will go on, hallelujah. So remember, anything you do, make sure that it's from the inside out. Why? Because God started that good work. God started that good work of fellowship, of participation in fellowship in the Philippians. And not only, not only did he started it in them, but he's going to bring it to completion. So that word begun, begun means to take the first steps. Isn't it amazing that not only God does the first steps, but he also does the last step. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says, um, it steps in carrying out an action. Complete means to bring to a whole with all the necessary parts and elements. Isn't it amazing that those who believe in Jesus Christ, those who have given their life to the Lord, lack nothing? Amen. If you feel you're lacking something, come to the Lord. Pray to the Lord. Say, Lord, why am I feeling this? Your word says that if I have you, I have all that I need to live a life that is godly to you, to a life that is pleasing to you. Remember, brothers and sisters, the problem is not God. The problem is us. He's given it to us all. We need to walk it out. Verse 7, just as, it, just as it is right for me to think this, again, that phrase, you all, because I have you in my heart. Isn't that something? While in prison, he has them in his heart. And as much as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Again, that word, you all are partakers with me of grace. That even though the Philippians were in there with him in prison, but they were partakers of him in grace. Amen. Hallelujah. We have to understand, hallelujah, that not all of us are going to be teachers, and that's okay. Not all of us are going to be preachers, and that's okay. We all are going to have different roles. Amen. Unfortunately, sometimes we look at other roles more than others. No, we are all the same. Amen. The Lord, yes, we have different roles. I just want to make sure you hear the word. We have different roles. Amen. But we all could work. Amen. Hallelujah. Paul says, um, some plant, other water, but who gets the increase? Jesus. Amen. We have to believe that everything we do for the Lord is not in vain. Even if we don't see it on this side of eternity. Amen. Everything we do for Jesus, there will be growth because Jesus will bring that growth. Amen. Paul, again, is thinking about the Philippine church. He's thinking of others. Amen. Um, I, I texted the other day to Deacon Frankie. So I, guess I got this during the week. The, a saying that says, and I see this in the life of Paul. Amen. It says, people do not care how much you know until you show them how much you care. Amen? I repeat that. People do not care how much you know until you show them how much you care. Amen? 
All that goes out, all that. Yeah, I love knowledge. Don't get me wrong. I love knowledge. I love it. I love knowledge. Amen. Why? Because it draws me. It shows me how much I don't know. Amen. How much I need the grace of God. Amen. To help me through this life. But what's the use that you know all these things? Like Paul says, what's the use that you speak tongues of angels, but you have no love, you're a clanking symbol. Nobody wants to hear you. Amen. And people, and people are not ignorant. People are not, Lord, I don't know if I, don't know if I can use that word here in the, in the pulpit. I'm going to leave it at ignorant. People know when you're trying to manipulate them. People know when you're trying to, to make them do stuff. Amen. Just speak the word of God and let the Lord do it. Let the Lord do it. Let the Lord work in people's heart. Amen. Like we see here, show them how much you care. Show them how much you care, even if they don't congregate with us, amen. Even if they congregate somewhere else, even if they're from a different denomination than us, show them you care, amen. Hallelujah. Paul showed the church of the uh, in, in the Philipp the Philippine church that he cared. How? By thanking them, amen. By seeking them out, amen. By thanking God, amen. Not not thanking God basically on the things they lacked, but on the things they were good for, amen. So we see here that not only both in his chains and in the, and the, and the defense and the confirmation of the gospel, we know that Paul lived a life of not only defending the gospel, but also defending those who preach the gospel. And it says here in the confirmation, that word confirmation means to have people think about something and to accept it as trustworthy. See, brother, sometimes I work... Sometimes in our, in, our family, in, our, in our family lives, we feel that we need to, um, uh, again, do things, manipulate certain situations, control certain actions, amen? But here we see that Paul knew that thanksgiving is the key, amen? That maybe that thankful letter that he sent to the, to, to the Philippian church, hallelujah, could spark in them that's trustworthy, amen? People want to see people they could trust, amen? People are tired of fake people. People are tired of fake politics. People are tired of fakeness, amen? They want someone who will care for them, someone who will thank them, amen? Someone who will uh, 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 speak the, the truth and love, amen, to speak life in them, amen? Many people are dead. Many people are tired. So what they want, they want to hear, hey, I care, I care for you, amen? And how do I show you uh, I care for you? I, give, I thank you for what you're doing, amen? Listen, when you go to work, I always say this when I get up here. When you go to work, put up your antennas. Put up your spiritual antennas. Who needs something today, Lord? Help me be a cup of cold water to someone. Help me be a piece of bread to someone. Don't just go to work uh, going in and coming out. Maybe God has called you to be a missionary in your workplace, not necessarily bring, uh, uh, putting the word of God down as people throw, but listening to them. Listening to their conversations. And maybe as you listen to them, the Lord could spark something in you to bring to them. Amen. You know how amazing it is, hallelujah, that we as, true, as children of God, when we go to heaven, we could bring our co-workers with us. Amen. We could, that we're not going up there alone. That we could bring our, co our family members Amen. That is your place. Use it for the glory of God. So we, our question is, how can Paul think of others when he's in prison? Let me tell you a little bit about Paul's prison time. Paul spent 25% of his ministry in prison. 25% 
of his ministry in prison. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, he was thankful. Don't forget, he was thankful. He lived the life of thanksgiving. Prisoners are stripped naked and flogged, which is humiliating, painful, and a bloody ordeal. Manipulate, uh, they, they are, excuse me, they are mutilated, and bloodstained clothing was not replaced, even in cold weather. That's why Paul asked for Timothy to bring his cloak, right, in the wintertime. Prisoners sat in painful leg or wrist chains, in wrist chains, bleeding wounds were left untreated. Most cells were dark, especially the inner cell, like the one Paul and Silas inhabited in Philippi. So there was the cell, then there was the inner cell. <laughs> Unbearable cold, the stench of few toilets, and lack of water. And you know when there's no water, these third world countries where there's no water, no uh, proper uh, uh, toilet facilities, what happens? Disease. Amen? And, it was, and, and then some of them committed suicide or begged for a speedy death. You know what, they'd rather die than to stay in prison. But yet Paul, hallelujah, Paul found a way to thank God, amen, for the Philippian church, hallelujah. Uh, Paul, although in, in chains in prison, thanking the Lord of the Philippians made him joy, joyful and allowed him the grace to defend and confirm the gospel. Thanksgiving gave him a sense that he's not alone, but the Philippians are also partakers of his grace. Isn't that amazing? What Thanksgiving does, it makes you think of others. It makes you see the cup half full. I'm a cup, I'm a cup half empty, dude. But again, I'm learning to, be, uh, to see the cup half, um, half full, amen? The Lord always puts people like that around your life, amen? When you're struggling, they put people who are optimistic, amen, who are godly people who say, Ray, the cup is half full, not half empty. One Christian counselor advises other Christian counselors. And, he, and, um, and they say, whining and complaining by believers is opposed to God's ways. I'm going to repeat that again. Whining and complaining by believers is opposed to God's ways. If counselors can do anything for such person, it is to turn their eyes from their problems to the great God who has already done so much for them and who in the present trouble will do even more. Amen. Our focus as counselors to one another is to tell the brother and the sister, amen. Again, do not judge them, amen. Do not, that's another, do not be condescending. The worst thing when someone is in trouble, the worst thing when someone is going through it is for you to say, but I remember when I went through it too. No, right there you lost it, right there you might as well be quiet, uh, call someone else to handle that conversation. Never make a conversation about yourself. Never make it about yourself. Make it about others, amen, especially those in the body of Christ. Listen, I'm, and I can say that I'm guilty of this. I'm, as I'm listening, I'm already preparing what I'm going to say. And that's wrong. That's wrong. Remember, people don't want to know what you know. People want to know that you care. Amen? So remember, as Christians, when someone comes to you whining and complaining, just tell them, brothers and sisters, let's look at the goodness of God. Amen? Like, like the worship team sang today. Let's reflect on the goodness of God. Bring them back. Amen? 
But they must, and I continue reading, but they must stop whining. Instead, they ought to be called upon to recall God's prior blessings and in thanksgiving turn to him for their current needs. What was the biggest issue that Israel had? They were a bunch of complainers and whiners. Amen? They were, they even desired to go back to Egypt. Oh, Lord have mercy. Brothers and sisters, God forbid we desire to go back to the world. Amen? And usually that desire to come back, to, to go back to the world is a time when we are weak, in a time that we're not giving thanks to God, in a time that we're depressed. And again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, being, I'm not dismissing anyone who's, dis, who, who's depressed here today. I'm not. There's issues that we're going through. But I know that I know that I know, hallelujah, that when you start giving thanks to God for the things you do have, depression cannot stay. Amen? Hallelujah. It cannot stay. Hallelujah. And it's probably going to take a few times, but that's okay. Hallelujah. We need to be thankful. And, and Israel was the most ungrateful people that I could ever imagine. But that Israel is a reflection of the church of Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen. We have to be careful. We got to give thanks to God for what, for what we have. Verse 8. For God is my witness how greatly I long for you all. Again, you all. God did not, uh, Paul did not say just the elders, just the deacons, just Lydia and her family. No. For you all. Amen. With the affection of Jesus Christ. Okay. So I'm going to give you. Three examples as seen in, in these scriptures how a thankful person prays. Hallelujah. Verse 9. Look what he says. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. When you pray for someone else, pray that their love may abound still more and more in knowledge and discernment. Before you pray for healing. Before you pray for a new car, before you pray for the gifts of the Spirit, before you pray for all these things, pray that their love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Hallelujah. What is love? Amen. That sounds like a song in the 80s. What is love? Amen. But I'll leave that at that. I don't know. Just, Jesus, forgive me. <laughs> what is love? Let's get back. Let's, it's time to get serious. To, to have love, love is to have love for someone or, some, or someone or something based on sincere appreciation and high regard. Spouses, you love your spouse because you appreciate them. Even when they don't throw out the garbage. Even when they don't pick up their clothes from the floor, amen. Because they can see also issues in your life. Hold your spouse in high regard. Amen. Hold your parents in high regard, children. Amen. Parents, hold your children in high regard. Amen. Because God gave you that family. You did not choose, hallelujah, to live in that family. He placed you in that family, amen, to be a light in the darkness. Hallelujah. So be thankful. And now that the, he uses the word abound, abound means more, more than, to a greater degree, even more. In other words, crank it up, crank it up, crank the love, amen. Crank um, your appreciation for others. And it says here, and, and more in knowledge and all discernment. Knowledge, what is knowledge? 
In other words, that that love that he's praying for the church, and, he's, and I believe he's praying for us here today, that it will be practical, that you'll be able to experience it, that those who are around you could experience that love, amen, and that you could put in, into, in practice. Discernment. Discernment refers to a person's ability to make moral decisions. So in other words, as your love abounds, Paul's prayer was, not only as, as your love is abounding, that your knowledge and your discernment will abound with it also. You see, that was Paul's first prayer. His second prayer is found in verse 10. Again, thankful people pray this way. That you may approve the things that are excellent. Approve. Approve means to determine what is best among all that is good. Things that excel. Remember, we have freedom in Christ. But we don't have freedom to sin. Amen. We're free to do much. But we don't want to cause anyone to fall, anyone to be a, uh, for us to be a stumbling block. So remember all these things, but always excel on the things that are best. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Look what Paul tells the Philippian church in the last chapter. An example of excelling, you know, in good things. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, come on guys, whatever things are, whatever things are, whatever things are, whatever things are, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, Amen. That is the focus of a victorious life in Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're not doing this, amen, hallelujah, you got to self-reflect. Amen. If you're not doing this, you got to come before the Lord and say, Lord, ignite these things in me. Amen. Because you're already in there. You're already in there. Why, brothers? Because it basically, basically comes down to this. Garbage in, garbage out. Amen. That's basically what it is. If you're seeing garbage, listening to garbage, that's what's going to come out. But Paul knew, amen, that the things that are noble, the things that are pure, the things that are uh, true, the things that are good, amen, those are the things that we need to meditate in. Those are the things we need to chew on, amen, on a daily basis. The third way to pray as a thankful person prays for others, that you may, um, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ. Amen. What is it to be sincere? We need to pray that we have no hidden motives. Sincere is no agenda. This is me. This is me. Amen. I have no um, uh, hidden motive, no hidden agenda. Amen. I'm only here to share with you the gospel. I'm here to give you something. I don't expect anything in return. Those are the best gifts. Amen. That when we give to someone, we don't expect anything in return. Hallelujah. And what is offense? To be without office, meaning not causing others to stumble or stumbling. What beautiful prayer that a person like Paul who's thankful is praying for the church. For them to be sincere. For them to be free of offense. Verse 11, as we end, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Isn't that awesome, amen? Being filled, and that word filled means full, amen? To fill, amen? To overbound, hallelujah. 
that's what Jesus Christ does, did in the life of Paul. Amen. That's why he could go through shipwrecks, go through flogging, go through betrayals. Amen. Why? Because he, he was filled with those fruits of righteousness. Amen. He was filled with love. He was filled with thanksgiving. Amen. Hallelujah. And this is not only for Paul. This is for the church of Jesus Christ because God is no respecter of persons. Amen. Just like he did it for Paul, he is doing it for his church. Amen. Hallelujah. But it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up, hallelujah, and start being thankful, amen. It's up to, it's up to the church of Jesus Christ to rise up, amen, and forget about the 10% that your life is miserable and to give thanks to God for the 90% that is awesome, hallelujah. So how do we walk this, brothers and sisters, amen? I'm going to ask the praise and worship team to come up. What is the demeanor of a person that, is, that lives a thankful life? Ask yourself that question. Am I reflecting a thankful life? What type of lifestyle am I living? Remember your demeanor. Be careful with your demeanor. God knew, amen, that Cain, this, that Cain killed his brother because he saw it in his face. He saw it in his face. Be careful with your demeanor. Amen. Be careful. Our demeanor should be one of, thank, of thanksgiving. Our lifestyle needs to reflect Thanksgiving. Why? Because we did not deserve what God did for us. We did not deserve. The Bible said that when we were just sinners, he died for us. Isn't that amazing? How many times we have to have good grades, do well in school, do good, do good to get a gift. But God sent his gift, Jesus Christ, to die for us even when we were sinning. Even when we were enemies of God. Hallelujah. You see, brothers and sisters, Thanksgiving is a discipline that carries far beyond one holiday. We can make it a lifestyle. Thanks living. Amen. Thanks living will bring grace to others and benefits to ourselves. Amen. Let's all stand. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Let's all bow our heads. Amen. Let's start giving the Lord thanks. Amen. Ask the Lord, Lord, I want to live a life that's thankful. I want to be a life that reflects thanks living. Lord, why? Because you did so much for me. You gave your life for me. While many counted us out, you counted us in. Oh, Lord God, we find our identity in you, Lord God. We find our love in you, Lord Jesus. We find our strength in you, Lord God. The reason we could love others, the reason why we could esteem others is because of you, Lord Jesus. Because you esteemed us, Lord Father. Lord God, in this holiday season, Lord God, help us, Lord Jesus, to forget about all these material things, Lord God. And to think of you, Lord Jesus. And my call at this moment is, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you do not know what true thanksgiving is. If you do not know Jesus Christ, you do not know what true happiness is. If you do not know who Jesus Christ is, you will not know what true living is. Like we read, Paul was in prison. It's the stench of death around him. Not the best living quarters, but yet he was thankful. Why? Because he had 
the Holy Spirit in him. And the word of the Lord says in John, it says that God, that to all those who believe, he has given them the power to be children of God. You have to believe. He did it already. You have to believe. If the Lord is knocking at the door of your heart, do not keep it shut. Do not keep it shut. You're seeking for so many other things to bring joy and happiness to your life, but there's only one, and his name is Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus Christ. How many people could go through so many things in the Holocaust, during times of slavery and persecution, but yet because they were thankful, they were able to survive. They were able to live with so, with so little. So again, if you do not know Jesus Christ, if you want to have that heart of Paul that was put in him by Jesus Christ himself, today is the day of salvation. Don't let this Thanksgiving come and go. Do not let this Christmas holiday come and go. And you are still the same. Amen. If you do not know the Lord, raise your hand. Raise your hand. And we pray for you. We're a family here. We all did this. Amen. We all did this. By the grace of God, I did it at the age of 12. Many have done it recently. But we all did it. Amen. You see, because he loves you so much that he cannot force himself on you. That's his love. That's true love, right? When no one forces himself on you. And that's how much. He loves you so much that if you choose not to be with him, it's fine by him. Amen. So, again, if you do not know Jesus Christ, today is the day. And if for some reason you are struggling today, if you're a child of God and you're focusing on the 10% and forgetting the 90%, cry out to God. Cry out to God. If you're whining and complaining, cry out to God. Cry out to God. If you are struggling to be thankful during this time, cry out to God. He is near you. He is near you. He's right by you. And he's there to listen. So as Brittany sings this song, amen, as we are coming to an end today, reflect Reflect on the goodness of God. Reflect on who he is. And for those who do not know the Lord, amen, and you want to see me afterwards, I'll pray with you, amen. And we'll pray and ask God to come into your life, amen, and change your life. Amen.